Hi, and welcome to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. My name's Brad McClure. You see, there was a time when I stood behind a pulpit each week and had the opportunity to teach God's Word. Today, I'm a banker, and each week I sit in a pew just like you. I may have gone from the pulpit to the pew, but I haven't lost my love for learning and teaching God's Word. And that's what this podcast is all about. So, grab your Bibles and let's study God's Word together. Hello friends, welcome back to the Pulpit of Pew podcast. So glad you chose to join us once again this week. Last week I took off and did not record for the first time in a long time. We were gone on a little trip, had a good time with family. I got back, got busy, and uh, did not record the podcast and almost didn't record this week. We are trying to get a pool up, and it's taken a lot of my time on today when I typically record. But it's late, and I still wanted to get on here this week, and I just enjoy talking Bible with you. I spent this evening talking to teenagers about studying the Bible, and we're doing something this summer, helping them learn to study the Bible on their own, and and that's kind of what the podcast is. I think this podcast will evolve some over the, over the time, over the years, if I continue this, but my goal is for it to be practical and help you to just get a little bit of Bible and to enjoy it and to study it. So typically I do my ramblings at the end, but I just did a little bit right there. So forgive me. But this week I think I'm going to I'm going to skip ahead a little bit and we've been studying David. The last time we talked together we were in chapter 27. And we saw I, I entitled it Don't Be Eeyore and I made a confession about my stuffed animal and I told you about how David had said in his heart though he had the promise of God in his heart he was discouraged. And he had a very pessimistic view because of the circumstances that he faced. And I'm skipping ahead in some time. I'm to I'm getting to the end of chapter 30. A few things happen, some interesting things. Saul goes to visit a witch. You can read that in chapter 28. Chapter 29, David was going to go fight against Israel. Think about that. He had gotten himself into such a position. He'd stayed for about two years with the Philistines again. He went to them for help. He, instead of trusting in God, it was a low time. He was trusting in the enemies and he even got himself to the point where he was going to go fight for the Philistines. Think about that. For Goliath's people against Israel, his people. Here's the guy that was a national hero in chapter 17 and now he was willing to go fight for the enemy against a people that God said you will rule one day. He'd just gotten to a very low place. And he got even lower because when he went to fight for the Philistines, he got rejected by the leadership. They said, we don't trust this guy. We don't want him. He's been living with him for two years. And Achish the king said, hey, you know what? I, I Basically, he was saying, I love you. I trust you, but they don't. And so he got sent back. But then it got even worse because when he got sent back, David's whole family had been raided. His two wives and children had been taken. And in his men, his 600 men, their wives and children had been taken. Thankfully, none of them had been killed, but they were all taken. And 
in David's land at Ziglag that he was given and that he's been staying at has been attacked. And so David's over. He's going to fight against his own people. He gets rejected. He comes back. And now his his family has been taken and all of his men. Then it gets even worse because now he's depressed and he's upset. And his men say they're considering killing David because they're upset. And finally, out of a two-year funk, David, it says, encourages himself in the Lord. And he turns back to God. And what I love, I don't know why I just didn't teach on this this week, but what I love is David, who seems so out of tune with God for the last two years when I'm just studying his life, he he hasn't been talking to God. He hasn't made good decisions. But now all of a sudden he's asking God. He inquired of the Lord and he said, God, should should I pursue? And God told him pursue. But I love that. There's something about that. We can miss it in our reading. I've been teaching these teenagers to study the Bible and get to know the context. And and I know it's tough. I started writing an article today trying to think about how can we help people that maybe don't have a master's degree in the Bible to understand the Bible, to know that there's probably two years that were spent here. And But that's that's another thing for another time. But David finally is talking to God and, and he asks God, should I pursue? And God says, go ahead and pursue. And so this kind of leads into the conversation that I want to talk about because David starts to pursue the enemy. They have taken his wives. They've taken his children. They've taken the other men's wives. There's 600 of them and the 600 set off to go on this chase, this epic chase, this epic battle that God says, you're going to win. Go ahead and pursue but as they're going, they've already traveled a long ways back when they got rejected. And now they're having to travel a ways to get their family. And 200 of the men just said, we, can't, we just can't go any farther. I, I, I imagine they had to have been extremely tired to know that your family has been taken and you just can't go. They said, we, we just can't go. We're so tired. He says 200 abode in verse 10 of chapter 30, 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over to the brook bracer. They just could not do it. They were so faint. And David said, just stay here. So David's down to 400 men. He goes in and verses 16 down through there, he has a great victory and he rescues his wives and the children. No one's lives were lost. None of the family, which is just amazing for all of them. But one little thing caught my attention, and I thought I'd spend a few minutes on this tonight because David has won. He's rescued everyone. He's got 400 men, 200 of them are back behind because they were weak. Not weak, I don't, not an insult goes to my point. I mean, they were faint. They could not move any farther. In verse 21, it says, And David came to the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David whom they had made also to abide at the brook Basor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Okay. He says, verse 22, Then answered all the wicked men and the men of Belial of those that went with David. So he's talking about some of the 400 men. Some, some of the, I mean, these 400 guys have been, you remember when we first met them uh, months ago in the study, they were distressed and in debt and 
they're upset and hurt by Saul, but but they've been pretty loyal and pretty faithful to David and warriors. And God calls them wicked here. He calls them men of Belial. He said of those that went with David and said, here's what those guys said, the 400 or some of those. Because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered, save to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. Boy, some of these people got upset. Now, these guys were soldiers. These guys had traveled miles, and they just couldn't go any farther. And David gave them the okay to stay. But some of these foreigner men were upset, and they said, Hey, you know what? Let's just give them their women and children. Tell them to get out of here. They're not getting any of the spoil. You know, back in those Bible times when you won a battle, you took the spoil. You found the gold. You got all the fancy clothes and everything. They said, hey, we're not giving that to them. We did all the work. They they couldn't come with us. They gave up. But I love David's response. It says, then David said, ye shall not do so, my brethren. With that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. I love that what he says there. He says, who's the one that actually delivered us? Yeah, we were out there, but it was God. God gave us the victory. And, he, and so we are going to honor these people. He says, for who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is, go it down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. He said they had a role. They had a responsibility. They stayed back and tarried by the stuff. That's fine. We are going to give them, and he says and from, from that day forward, that he made it a statute and an ordinance in Israel until that day. Now, this is just a small thing. This, uh, why a whole podcast on this? I, I think I just, in this, I love David's generous spirit. I love it that other men, probably grouchy and tired and hungry and everything, and they're just looking at these other guys that have been sitting back and probably eating and saying, you know what, they didn't earn it. They don't get anything. And David's like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And what a leader here. And what a leader that he looks at these 400 men and he says, we will give them what's due to them. We will take care of them. They have been loyal and faithful to us. We will be loyal and faithful to them. What amazing testimony. And I wonder, just this week, when I think about this story, are we generous to others? Do we treat others with respect? Or do we find things to blame them about? Do we find things to get upset with them about? Do we feel at work that we're carrying all the load and they're not doing their job and we should be treated? And I'm not saying there's, I'm not saying as a boss, may not look at it and say, Hey, there's a pay raise here and here's some demotion. I'm not, I'm not saying all that, but what I'm saying is I'm talking about our spirit because the Bible says there was a, there was a group of people that had a wicked spirit. They were, they were men of Belial. I mean, that's, he's talking, that's another word for Satan. I mean, he's saying they're acting like Satan. And then there's David who, who had a very generous spirit. It's a difficult time. But David had a love in his heart for people. And I, and I just, I don't know why that gripped me. 
And for some reason, as I was just studying through this text, I think a few days ago, I thought, I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. Because I, I think it's easy for us today to get frustrated with people and to be looking at them. And I was studying this a little bit in Romans chapter number 12 and say, you know what? I want them to get what's coming to them. And sometimes we take it to the next level and we say, I'm going to give them what's coming to them, what they deserve. That's what these guys wanted to do. They want to take it in their own hands and say, hey, we're going to keep the spoil, kick them out. But the guy, but God says in Romans that vengeance is his. Now, God didn't need vengeance in this situation, but in a lot of our life situations, the Bible says that vengeance, God says, is mine. Our responsibility is to live peaceably with all men. Same text, Romans 12. Our responsibility is to do good. Now, in that situation, Romans 12, it says to your enemies, these weren't enemies, these were co-soldiers. These were other men that came to follow David along with you. This, these were actually people that you cared for while they were marching with you. Romans 12 is talking about your enemies, and it says do good to them and heap coals of fire upon their head. This are your friends. This reminds me of Galatians 6 when it says, as you have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them that are of the household of faith. So in Galatians, he says, do good to everybody, but especially, especially Christians, your, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes some churches, thankfully not ours, some churches have such feuds among the people, such a hatred, such an envy as they look across that auditorium that, well, there's no wonder there's no revival at that church. There's, there's no wonder why prayers aren't being answered and lives aren't being changed in that community. The own church people can't get along. And I think there's a lesson in generosity here. I think there's a lesson on loyalty here. I think there's a lesson on leadership here that David stopped these guys. He was outnumbered in opinion, but David stopped these guys and said, no, we will give them what they are due. They stay back. They couldn't go. They guarded our stuff. That's that's one thing they could do. They could guard our stuff. They did that. We'll give them what they deserve. You know, David lived about two years outside of the will of God. He was even willing to fight with his enemies. But this week, after a tragedy of his family and everything being taken and ransacked, he got his eyes back onto God. Maybe it's the trials of life, which I've been listening to a book and reading. The trials and sufferings of life are turn out to be blessings. And I've talked about this on this podcast many times, but the majority of people that end up doing something for the Lord, whether biblical or outside of it, face many difficult situations. Suffering has a way of causing us to grow. But we talked about how David, when he faced, and what I was getting at is David, when he faced this tragedy at Ziglag, coming off some foolish decisions, going to fight against his people, thankfully getting rejected and protected by God. But it's in that moment that God broke him, got his eyes back to God, and he encouraged himself in, in the Lord. And he sought the Lord for wisdom and guidance, and God responded. I love that. For about two years, David ignored God, but when he cried out, God responded. And then David was generous after the victory. And he acknowledged God gave the victory. 
and then he was generous with what God gave him. And I hope that you and I, we, I hope that it doesn't take that to get our attention back to God. But, but I do hope that we recognize it's God that's given us the victory. It's God that's given us everything that we have. And may we be generous and loving, not only to our enemies, but as Galatians says, especially to the household of faith. Hey, thanks for listening this week to the podcast. We will be back on Sunday with our next study in 1 John. I think we're going to 1 John chapter 5 this week. We're going to be continuing in that. And thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. If you would, do me a favor and leave a review and make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for sticking around for my ramblings. As I said when I wrapped that up, Right now, wherever you are, if you're still listening to this, you still have it on for my ramblings. You might as well just do this. Just pull your phone up or whatever. Find where it says either follow or subscribe and just hit that button. Okay, that helps. Just hit that button. Just guarantees you're going to get these. And then maybe if you're on Apple iTunes, just scroll up a little. Wherever you see that, just scroll a little bit down to the bottom and, and give it a four or five stars. I think the worst we've got so far is a four star. But just give it a rating. And then take that phone, go up to the top, go to bradmcclure.org, find the newsletter, and then put your email in there. I know that's private. I'm putting my email in there. You're going to spam me. I'm going to send you something once a week. That's all I've done. I don't think I've ever, maybe once, sent something twice a week. But I'm going to send you something and and, uh, and newsletter with a little devotional and a thought each week. So... Thank you guys. I tell you, I'm I'm beat. Almost skipped a second week. Didn't want to. I want to get stay with this. I've been praying about the podcast and the directions to go on this podcast and what to do. Really, what to do? Is it worth continuing to do? Do I stick with it? Um, but I enjoy studying the Bible, and so I might as well look at a microphone and a computer and talk. And whoever listens, listens. But I know one thing I don't like is putting up a pool. And that's what I have been doing today. So I'm beat. But I've enjoyed just talking to you, or at least what you'll get later, about David, who I love so much. So, hey, have a great week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back Sunday.